Welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast, the podcast all things ocean. I'm your host, Jill. Welcome on to the Water Women Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. Can you start out and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and your name and your pronouns and all the fun stuff, the background info? Yes, absolutely. Hello, my name is Jada Elcock. I use she, her pronouns, and I am a shark scientist. Um, currently, I am a PhD student at the MIT Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution joint program. It's a bit of a mouthful, so we just call it the MIT Hui JP all of the letters. Um, <laughs> and I am uh, getting my PhD in biological oceanography, and I will be focusing on elasmobranchs, specifically shark, movement ecology, and habitat use. I'm interested to see, like, what do they do in their life? Like, you know, you see a stranger on the street, and you're like, what do you, what do, you do in your daily life? You have a whole life that I, don't know, that I know nothing about. Like, do you have kids? Do you need to go to the store today? I kind of like, anthropomorphized sharks maybe a little bit more than I should but I do that with sharks I'm like how do you acquire food do you dive deep into the ocean like how are you how are you finding prey items how are you using the ocean to your advantage so like yeah that's what I'm interested in I love that analogy because I've never thought of it that way of like you look at these animals the same way you're curious about people and like are curious about both of them and that's such a good analogy I love that Thank you. <laughs> I will be using that from like here on out to describe yes, my work because yeah. I do something not obviously not similar because they're two very different animals but with whales like I'm looking at migrations of whales and why they go where they go so now I'm gonna like that's perfect analogy to describe it to people I love that. Yeah I just think that it's very like relatable I mean I don't know how often other people just like look at a stranger and like what are you doing with your day like maybe that's creepy but that's yeah, we're, really, we're really outing ourselves right here as like very creepy people who stare at strangers but that's fine because we both do it it's fine I just want to be friends with everyone so I just like I hope everyone is having a good day and I think about how other people are feeling a lot so I don't know maybe that's why no I love that that is perfect so <laughs> Growing up as a kid, did you always know that you wanted to pursue marine science? And when did you decide you wanted to pursue sharks in specific? Like, tell us the history of you. Yeah, that's a really good question. So I lived in landlocked states my entire life. I lived in Illinois until I was 10. And then I lived in the middle of the desert in Phoenix, Arizona until until like September 2020. Yeah, so, not a lot of oceans around there. Yeah, exactly. Um so when I was a kid, I knew that I was going to work with animals. My entire family knew that I was going to work with animals. Um, there aren't any other biologists in my family except for me and both of my brothers. We all majored in biology in undergrad and our entire family was like, where did you guys come from? Like no one else does any of this. Like you guys just popped out of nowhere. And we're like animals. Um, but yeah, so like when I lived in these landlocked places, my brothers and I would like go outside and just kind of search for whatever wildlife we could find, like frogs and spiders, snakes, scorpions, lizards, whatever else we could find, and just kind of like watch them, just observe them, see how they live their lives. Um, and we were just really curious and would try to like answer questions about them. And, um, and I think that that's kind of where it all really started. And I knew from a very young age that I was going to be working with animals, but it wasn't until high school that I was like you know sharks these things are really cool 
we should know more about them. Um, I was actually afraid of sharks as a child. Classic. And, Classic. Yeah, exactly. Well, because I mean, again, I think that a lot of the fear that comes from uh, people regarding sharks is a fear of something that they don't really understand. Absolutely. And I didn't really understand sharks because I lived in the middle of the desert. So, And our I, age group also grew up like with like Jaws and like Flipper was my favorite movie as a kid. And the scene where he's like falls off the boat or something and the hammerheads coming at him, I had to leave the room. And like up until I started Marine Bio, hammerheads were my biggest fear because I was like, I love all sharks, but hammerheads hurt Flipper. So I'm, I'm not a fan. Like, no, that's really funny because hammerheads are like such wimps and like oh God, you I love to them try now. to get bitten by a hammerhead. They oh, just want nothing to do with you. It's so <laughs> funny. No, now I'm like hammerheads, probably one of my favorite sharks because I think they're so funny. Because they're but amazing. So, like you are presented as a kid, like with like sharks are scary, stay away from them. So I love yeah. that you were scared of them and still pursued this. Yeah, I I think it was like it it came from a lot of like educating myself through like nature documentaries and shows and stuff I watched a lot of shark week as a kid and like though I have my qualms with shark week now it did get me interested in sharks and I I ended up learning a lot and the more interested I became the more questions I had and those questions became more complex as some of them got answered and then it just kind of became this thing of like well, I guess the only way to answer these questions is to research them because no one else knows the answer to these questions yet either. And now I'm like, all right, cool. This is the career I'm choosing. And like, I know in undergrad people were like, you know, you should pick a plan B, like shark science is really competitive. Like you should pick something else. And I was like, nope. And now here I am. So it's kind of made it happen. I love that you were very much so like asking these questions and like, there was no answer. And you're like, fine, I'll do it myself. Like, I guess I'll like, just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> fine. Okay, guys, you convinced me. And then I also love that you took that, like, this is competitive. This is a very competitive field. And we're like, and like, yeah. gr- like, that's what I always heard too. And I remember someone said that to me. They're like, this is like really competitive. And I was like, I'm really competitive. Exactly. I like to win. Now, exactly. that said, like, I'm also very much so, like, there's a place for everybody. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, so what if it's competitive? Like, it's what I want to do. And if it's what I want to do, I'm going to do it. And I love that you have that mindset because it's such an important one to have. Yeah. I mean, I grew up with two older brothers. So I mean, like (laughs) competitive is my middle name at this point, you know? Um, But again, like you said, like there is definitely a place for everybody. And I think that, you know, um, that's, there's a lot of like exclusivity to some fields that I've seen that is really frustrating. And so I think that just you know, opening it up to people and providing opportunities for people who have been like historically excluded from fields is really important. Oh, absolutely. Um, And as someone who is definitely not your cookie cutter type of shark scientist that you've seen in the past or on Shark Week or anything like that, I'm thrilled to be able to like be in the field and kind of hopefully be a little bit of the representation for like little kids of color later coming into the field as well and stuff like that. Absolutely. I feel like women marine biologists in general like when we were growing up didn't have a lot to look up to but you especially came from a background where it's like you're not looking at anyone that looks like you in any way shape or form yeah no I mean I had I was obsessed with as every animal kid was uh Steve Irwin yes obviously and Jeff Corwin I don't know if you know who Jeff Corwin is yeah I met him when I was like eight 
And he told me that I was brave because I had a pet snake. And he was like, wow, you must be really brave to have a pet snake. And I was like, heck yeah, I am. And I will never forget it. That was like the, the that was like the peak of my life. Like I could die happy after that moment. I'm glad I didn't. Cause again, I was nine, but like, wow. <laughs> but you're still riding that high. Oh, absolutely. I like the day that I met him, I got like a Webkins stuffed animal. I miss Webkins, but it oh, was one of those, too. like the frog that had like hearts on it, you know? And yep. I still have it because I was like, sure. this has nothing to do with anything that I study, but I'm keeping this because this is a, this is a huge moment in my life. So that's a core memory. Like you're going to remember yes. that forever. Yeah, man. I want Jeff Corwin to like, I want, I want him to notice me now that I'm like a coherent adult and actually like know what I'm talking about when it comes to animals. And then like, we could be friends. That's what I really hope for. Yeah, I know. That's the coolest thing ever that you got to talk to. And that is insane. Um, I'm sorry it was when you were nine and that you just had a pet snake, but now like I want him to find you now because thank you even cooler now. We're going to speak this into existence. Yeah, we are. We are. Everyone listening, speak it into existence right now, please. It's going to happen. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that the whole point of that old little sidebar was like, Jeff Corwin's fantastic. He's an incredible conservationist, uh, wildlife biologist, but like he doesn't obviously look anything like I do. I am a black woman. So, you know, it's a slight it, difference in that right there. Just a little bit, you know, it's fine. Um, but like, it was really cool to watch him growing up. And at the same time, I, I wish that I had, you know, some role models that looked like me. Cause I know that for a lot of other kids, like if they don't see themselves represented, they might not even think that that's like a thing that, that they're allowed to do. Like that's, it doesn't click that they're like, that's a job, regardless yeah. of who you are and where you come from. Like that's a job and you're able to do it. That's not always a thought that comes into people's minds, especially as kids. So I think that the representation is really important to just be like, to spark that interest and be like, Hey, look, this is a possibility for you. Like I got here, you can get here. Let me help you like, let me lift you up with me. Like, let's do this yes, together. Absolutely. And it must feel so good knowing that you're part of that representation movement happening now. And like kids growing up now will like, if someone's scrolling on TikTok, they'll find you. And like, knowing that you might be making that difference must feel so amazing. It really does. I mean, I, uh, I did like a zoom call, um, with a little black girl who's like, wants to be a shark scientist. Um, and there were a couple of us on the Zoom call, the other um, minorities in shark sciences co-founders. And this, the parents like tweeted a video of her later being like, this is our daughter getting off this Zoom call. And she was just like, I found my people. Like she was so excited. And I've had oh, people comment, I, I know I've had people comment on my TikToks like, oh, my son is like, uh, he looks up to you and like, he loves sharks too. And he's so excited to see like a black role model in shark science. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm melting. Like, it's so cute. And I'm just like, I'm so happy that I can kind of like be a little bit of that representation. Um, and I hope that there's so much more representation coming too. I just like, honestly, the validation from like a small child being like, you're the coolest person I've ever met is just like all of my imposter syndrome just leaves in that moment. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, I am I'm the coolest person alive. Like, this is amazing. Like, it's let me apply for a postdoctorate kind of thing. Like, let me just apply to be a professor with absolutely no experience because this nine-year-old thought I was cool. Like, nothing else matters. Honestly, I'm like, I should be a postdoc. I'm a first-year grad student, but it's fine. This little kid told me that I was awesome. Don't, doesn't even have my master's yet. And I'm like, no, it's literally someone, someone give me a lab for myself. Like, it's fine. Exactly. Like, I love it. I love it. But no, knowing that you're part of that representation and like, 
that kids are going to have what you didn't, it's a little bittersweet because like you're super excited for them, but it's also kind of like, why did it take this long yeah. to have this? Yeah, it's kind of like I, I've had, I've seen a lot of other people um, talk about, and I know we'll talk about minorities and truck sciences in a minute, but like thinking about like, um, there have been like adults that have commented on some of our posts and being like, I love your mission. I totally wish that I had something like this when I was younger, but now like my daughter can have this or my little cousin yeah. can have this or something, you know? So it's, it is kind of like bittersweet of like, I wish that the, these opportunities were available to me when I was younger and I wish that it didn't take so long, but it's, it's much more sweet than it is bitter. Cause you get to be a part of that. Exactly. You get to like kind of help pave the road a little bit and, uh, just kind of, you know, make make the the next generation of scientists coming up feel comfortable Absolutely. and accepted, which is so so important. And definitely, some days it's hard. Like when you're kind of like, oh, I really don't feel like doing this today. I don't feel like putting on the excited like I'm here. I'm ready. I love science. Or like, there was one day I had to go record a podcast right after getting like a really shitty mark and something pretty important. And I was like, man, like how am I supposed to care about this? And then I like saw a comment from a little girl that was like, I love your podcast. It means so much. And I was like, oh my God, I could rule the world. Like it just, it really makes it worth it even on the bad days. And like, it's absolutely, we're so lucky that we're doing it in a space with like social media is such an uh, instant gratification type of thing that you can see it and you can feel it. And you can get these comments from people in real time. And it really like makes it worth it. And it, it's always successful there to know that it's, you are making a difference, which is really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Cause there are definitely days where you're just like, this is so hard. Like I, the imposter syndrome gets to you and you're like, I shouldn't even be here. And then yep. you get, you get a little bit of, of boost from that, that yeah. one person telling you how much you mean to them or how much like your content means or something. And you're just like, this is so worth it. I can keep yeah. going. Like it'll, it'll push you through like that, that, like that test grade or something yeah I think it is so important to note that like even people like us who are obviously very excited about what they do and love it it's not always sunshine and rainbows like it's definitely there's some days where you're like I hate this I don't want to do this I don't want to continue and like I spend far too much of my time crying sometimes because of school (laughs) but like the days that I have to learn how to use ArcGIS in two hours is balanced out by days that I love what I do because that was not a day that I did. But like, I also get to talk to super cool women about super cool ocean stuff. So like, it is sunshine, but it's not all rainbows. Like there's a balance for sure. Yeah. I think it's important to like, for people to know that when they're coming into this field of like, you're going to hate it some days, but you're going to love it most days. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people come in and they're just like, it's field work all the time. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not. Yeah. It's field work, which is amazing. And then 90% of it is like analyzing the data you collected in the field, which for me, I also get very excited about that. Cause I'm like, yeah. this is gonna answer the questions that I have. These, This is gonna like, this is gonna bring us new information about these animals that we have not previously understood. And that is something that is so beyond exciting to me. So I'm like, it's like, it's, it's like finishing a puzzle, except on like such a massive scale where like, you had this question, you formulated like how you were going to answer the question, you got the data, you analyzed it, and then you answered the question. And not only that, but like, this is like, 
the part that I think is so cool is like you have the data that you personally like collected. Like this is data from like a shark and like, you know, that shark, I'm like a personal lover. You're like, I tagged you. And I'm like, that is so exciting to me. I'm like, I name my data sets and I'm just like, this one's called Kizu because my nephew's names are Keelan and Cruz. And I'm like, I just like mash names together. And like, I don't, it's just, just fun stuff like that. And I, I think that that kind of like makes the less fun quote unquote parts of science more fun absolutely but I also just really think that all of science is a lot of fun some of it like coding don't love coding but you know we do it there's not everything in science is your favorite thing but like when you come together and like have the whole thing at the end and you've answered a piece of this puzzle wow what an amazing feeling that is it's so accomplished you're like I did that guess who did it me no one else maybe some other people helped but mostly me like it's such a good feeling I also feel that way when like I finally get my code to run after like trying to figure out where the missing parenthesis was for like an hour and a half and then it finally runs and I'm like I am unstoppable our studio (laughs) is the bane of my existence love our studio no no it's the only coding system that makes sense to me because I'm using MATLAB oh no absolutely not right so our studio is a cakewalk to that true here's the thing I have a love-hate relationship with our studio because I love what it does and I love how user-friendly it is and everything however the second it doesn't run like I'll put in a code and I'll hit like go and it just is like no and I'm like no I hate you why (laughs) no that's fair luckily I'm not to the point in my research yet where I need to do a lot of data analyzing I'm more in like the like uploading and sorting right now not looking forward to the analyzing I uh will not be doing that I one of my actual like my best friend Jake he we met in marine bio and he ended up doing like biostatistics more so and so anytime I have something I'm like Jake what are you what are you doing right now do you want to help me out and luckily he is just the best and helps me all the time so I this is a big shout out to Jake right now he is the coolest Jake I don't know you, but you sound awesome. (laughs) Now, okay, we went on like a slight tangent here. Like, who would have thought that we would go on a tangent? Wow, shocking. (laughs) So weird. So what path did you take to get to where you are now? Did you do a master's? Did you do an undergrad? What did you do? Yeah, speaking of tangents, my (laughs) path to science had a lot of them. Um, So (laughs) what a good segue. Um, It's I think everyone has like their own confusing, winding, spiral staircase of a path to science. Um, There's no linear path. No. I feel like mine is a little more straightforward than some people. Like some people take multiple years off and go like work in something completely unrelated, which is also totally fine. There's no wrong way to go about it. And it's also never too late. If you're, I don't care if you're 45 and you're like, I suddenly want to be a marine biologist. Do it. Do it. Go back, if you want to go back to school, go back to school. It sounds amazing. Love it. Um, but what I did is I went to Northern Arizona University for undergrad. While I was there, I did an internship at Odyssey Aquarium. Um, truly fantastic aquarium. It's in Scottsdale, Arizona. If you ever have the chance to go, I 10 out of 10 recommend. The animal care staff is incredible. They take fantastic care of the animals and their exhibits are baller. So Whoa. had to give a shout out to Odyssey. Um And so I did that internship, which was great because it was like my first real hands-on experience with uh, marine animals. And I got to do, they have a huge shark exhibit. And so I got to work with sharks, which was awesome. Um, And stingrays and like guitar fish, all kinds of elasmobranchs, which was awesome. 
um, in my last year of undergrad, I did, well, my last semester, actually, I did some undergrad research and I was just kind of helping to analyze um, videos of like fish swimming, burial movement cool. stuff. It was really cool. Um, and then following that, I went to Friday Harbor Labs out in Washington. Um, and I was there for the summer for a research experience for undergrad, AKA REU program. And there I worked on like skate egg cases and how well different species like stick to sand basically, um, which was super cool because I was like at the aquarium, I worked with uh, rays and sharks. And now I get to work with the other lesser known elasmobranch, the skates. I love skates. I love They're so them. Cute. They're the cutest things in the entire world. I worked at an aquarium a couple years ago and they were my, like, we had them and people were like, oh, look at these stingrays. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let me, let me educate you on this. And I have this like newfound love for them that I like just, they're like probably top 10 ocean animals for me because they're so cute. Like the winter skates are just like chef's kiss. Like they are so squishy and cute. I love them. Skates are just little ocean raviolis. Um, I love them. Also, yeah, it's that's the raviolis. They're so cute. And I've seen, they had some baby ones while I was at uh, Odyssey or not Odyssey at FHL. Friday Harbor Labs um and oh my gosh they were so cute we would feed them and they would just like come up to the food and then like pounce on top of it oh my god it was so cute my first time feeding the skates whoever I was working with they were like yeah they can't really bite so like don't worry about it that's a lie that's a lie if it has a mouth it can bite um yeah no skates are awesome uh if you don't know the difference between stingrays and skates uh well some rays don't have stingers for example guitar fish are rays but they don't have stingers Manta rays are rays, but they don't have stingers. But skates also don't have stingers. Um, they have two dorsal fins, which are typically towards the end of their tail. Um, some of them have little spikies on their back, which is super cute. And also rays give live birth, whereas skates lay eggs. And there are some species of skates that are referred to as rays, but don't let that deceive you. If it lays eggs, it's a skate. Interesting. Um, which it gets really confusing. This is why we use Latin names because there's like the, I don't know which one it is. It's some, there's a couple out here in New England that are like, they call it a ray. And I'm like, mm, that's definitely a skate. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Common names don't make any sense. No, never, um, never. Yeah. But then after that first summer at Friday Harbor Labs, which was summer 2019, I then, uh, while I was there, met Dr. Stacy Farina. And I went to work with her as her lab technician at Howard University in DC. So I flipped to the other coast. Um, came home from my brother's wedding, which was March 15th, 2020. I guess oh. you can probably figure out what happened after that. Got stuck at home hmm. for COVID and never went back to DC, but I was still doing like remote work. It was a lot. It was, it was still like cool because I was doing a lot of really cool work, but it was just, it, it was kind of a bummer. Cause I was, I was doing this thing called clearance staining, um, where you like basically strip all of like the color from the shark and then, uh, the bone is dyed red in animals that have bones or it's calcified cartilage in elasmobranchs and then all of the cartilage is dyed blue so then you can like see through like the muscles and whatever and it's just cool. like blue and purple it's super cool um but i didn't get to finish it because covid but COVID, of course yeah then the summer 2020 this is such a long-winded answer i'm so sorry no that's um, fine that's what i was like actually <laughs> okay so. great um 
yeah, so then summer 2020, I went back to Friday Harbor Labs. I did more research on skates and their egg cases. Um, and then I started a master's program at the University of Washington with my fantastic advisor, Dr. Cameron Braun. And then uh, about a month into that program, my advisor was like, so I got a job on the other coast. Are you going to come with me or would you like to stay here? And he was like, I will help you collect all the resources you could ever need to make this decision. He was like super on top of it, was like the most helpful human being I could have asked for. Um, and I was like, this man is the perfect advisor. Uh, we that. like learn the same way. We have very similar like research interests. He's fantastic. So then I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to pick up my whole life and move literally to the other side of the country. Um, this is so the most now, chaotic thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I, know. I love it. I literally in the middle of COVID too. And my advisor was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I feel like, horrible. And I was like, don't because you've given me opportunities and this is amazing. And so I moved to, from Washington to Massachusetts. And now here I am in the MIT Hui joint program for my PhD. Um, and very excited to pick a dissertation project, uh, and start collecting some fantastic data. And that has been my journey through science so far. I love how chaotic that last little bit is. Yeah. Like, I really love that. It was like, there was a lot of highs and lows. Like, I feel like I just read a novel with that. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Truly. I don't think I've ever met anyone as chaotic as the two of us together. So I yeah. fully get it. Like moving halfway across the country, just cause your advisor, love it. Love the chaos. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty on brand for me. I'm one of the most chaotic people that I know. Um, but you know, that's like also like advice that I would personally give to, uh, like a, a grad student, like make sure you find an advisor that you work really well with, um, rather than just picking the school. Cause like I was in Washington and I was like, I mean, the East coast has more sharks, Yeah, but Ooh, hold on. Sorry. My mom's calling me. I'm just okay. going to call her back later. Sorry. Call her we said um, <laughs> hi mom. Um, yeah. So I, uh, I would recommend like, you know, a, like picking a good school, obviously like yeah. is important. Um, but I think that, and a really good advisor is for most, for some people, depending on who you are equally or potentially more important. And my advisor Absolutely. is awesome and very supportive of me as a grad student and as a woman of color in the field and, uh, as a science communicator and through literally everything that I have going on, which is again, chaos all the time. He's just like, let me know what you need from me. I'll, I'm a phone call away, just let me know. And so he's, yeah, I recommend finding an advisor that you mesh, mesh really well with. That's a phrase. Uh, yeah. yeah, okay. I was like, why did that sound weird? Um, yeah, find an advisor that you work really well with and it's gonna make your experience a lot easier. Cause if you have an advisor that you don't work well with I would imagine that it's very hard to be productive. <laughs> Oh, yes. No, I fully agree. It is so important. Like definitely something to consider when you're looking like I I'm the type of person that doesn't like test well during like in my undergrad, like I have the passion, I have the love for it, but like my grades weren't always where they should have been. And right. I remember when I was applying, I told him, I was like, listen, like my grades aren't great. And he's like, I've worked with you. I don't give a shit about your grades. I know you. And I was like, great. Yeah. That's Perfect. the other thing. I feel like people are like, well, I can't, I can't go to grad school. I have bad grades. And I'm like, girl, grades, uh, grades are stupid. Um, they are. like they matter, they matter, yeah. but they don't. Yeah. Like, I mean, 
like but like if you're struggling that's fine yeah like people feel so bad about like their gpa and i'm like your gpa doesn't like i mean some grad schools have like these requirements and stuff but like honestly i know people who are like i had like a two point something and i just talked with my advisor and if you exactly yeah you talk with your advisor and you're like hey i'd love to like work with you if they know you and like you know you get to know each other you like just because you may not have fantastic grades doesn't mean that you're not going to be good at research if they see you putting the effort in and being passionate about it it's kind of like like scales like it's like okay she might not have the best grades but she's going to be putting in more effort than someone who is more focused on the grades they get like I'm willing to do things that I'm like this is going to put me behind on my schoolwork but it's going to get me ahead in general like if I have to stay up all night sorting through a thousand pictures and I'm 20 minutes late submitting an assignment but I'm going to be like it just kind of balances out and like it's nice to have a supervisor that understands you and works well with you it really it makes all the difference like yes pick someone you work work well with yes this is a recurring theme it's an important one <laughs> big time yeah I feel like we've just like gone in circles over here because we're so passionate about this bit. but it's definitely yeah it's an important part like it's yeah it makes all the difference it truly does and like shout out to our supervisors because they do be the best yeah absolutely they do be sure the best I've never listened to a single episode of this but if he does I'm like hi Olaf okay I tried to show my advisor TikTok and he was like why I he was like I don't understand this like the audio doesn't match what like the content that you're saying and I was like that's the that's kind of the point you like use the audio for like different things he was like I just this this isn't my thing I'm really glad you're enjoying TikTok and that people seem to like it your science communication is great (laughs) great like like my animal back videos but like the trends I do on TikTok he's like I don't understand this at all (laughs) I love that no it's it's so funny to see and like So back to you, more importantly, what are you hoping to look at for your PhD and what is like your kind of like ultimate goal with it? Yeah, uh, so I've got some ideas rattling around in the old noggin. Um, (laughs) Not quite sure which one I'm going to pick yet. I've written like a couple grants, you know, Um, but I'm interested in like, uh, like fine scale movement yeah and by that I mean like not necessarily sometimes yes uh for sure interested in like large-scale migration oh, yeah in general in general but yeah. it, that's a big topic I feel like it's kind of exactly like, I'm can't really I'm, like biting off more than you can chew almost potentially yeah um and I think that like not a lot is looking into like fine scale movement so we look at like what have they done uh in like a hundred days, uh, what what general patterns do we see in their movement? But I'm like, okay, in these 12 hours, what are you doing? How often are you diving? How deep are you diving? Are you finding like mesoscale eddies to take advantage of? Are you finding like oceanic fronts to take advantage of? If so, how are you accessing them? How are you finding them? What are you doing within them that is advantageous to you? Like, is it specifically looking for prey is that also a way that you can find mates like all kinds of questions like this and just like in like your immediate environment what is happening how are you using it how are you moving throughout it and like how are you interacting with your physical world yeah cool I love that thank you I love it so why is it important to learn about that like what 
what can we gain from that? I hate using the like, what can we gain or why does it matter to us? Because like, why does it need to matter to us to be important? Yeah, no, but I mean like that's just the society we live in is very is. much like, well, if it doesn't affect me, then why, why should I care? care? And um, so like, if someone's listening to this and they're kind of like, okay, I borderline don't care about sharks. Why should I care about this? Like, what is important about it? Aside from like, it's important to know about sharks. Right. Um, so sharks have been on the planet for about 450 million years. Um, we have absolutely no idea what the planet would look like without sharks. And yet uh, lots of sharks and rays are endangered or threatened or critically endangered. Um, and that's scary because a lot of these sharks are top predators in their respective ecosystems whether that be like the great white shark is this huge top predator in like a coastal environment where you find seals or the oceanic white tip out in the middle of the ocean in a pelagic ecosystem or like a uh the goblin shark in like the deep sea you know all of these sharks are really important for their environments they're helping to control lower trophic levels like the fish that they eat and things like that um also, some sharks eat other sharks, which I think is kind of fun, but, Love. you know, um, <laughs> but so like with like sharks kind of can tell us a lot about the health of it and of, of our environments. Um, I'm sure people have heard about like the wolves in Yellowstone. They took the wolves out. The deer went crazy yeah. and destroyed vegetation. It started to affect the, the way that the river was moving. They reintroduced wolves because they were like, "Ooh, we messed something up. And things started to like kind of go back to normal. It's a very similar thing, how they're definitely like this, uh, a lot of them are like keystone species where they tell you so much about their environment and they're so important, uh, like disproportionately important. Um, and so like, if we have no idea how they're interacting with their environment, we have no idea how us interacting with their environment is going to affect them. Yeah. So we need to understand how they work, where they're moving, how they're using their environment so that we can be like, okay, if they're using this during these times, maybe we should use a different area. Or um, here are some like bycatch mitigation methods to yeah. make sure that if we are using these areas uh, while the sharks are, that we aren't catching them and causing further harm to them, you know? So really just understanding the way that they exist so that we yeah. can figure out how to coexist with them is really important. Oh, I love that phrase. Like, figuring out how to coexist with them is so important because like it's not I feel like sometimes we take it too far to the point where it's like it's one or the other like it's either like humans over sharks or sharks and over humans yeah and it's definitely not like it can be like we can mitigate the risks like you said and like figure out like how we can coexist and how we can work together obviously like the sharks are not going to work with us but like you know you know a little bit they will yeah and there's been a lot of like stuff like that in the news recently in like the New York Times about, you know, Cape Cod, like fear in Cape Cod as sharks go on the hunt. Don't love that headline, but like, yeah. that's beside the point. I like, you know, reading through the articles, um, like they make a lot of sense. Like basically uh, we had extirpated seal populations and now we are protecting them. So they're starting to, you know, grow again, which is bringing the sharks back, which means that there's, uh, an increased risk of an encounter with a shark while swimming on the beaches in, of Cape Cod. Your risk is still incredibly low, but like that's, it's 
It's so low. You're more likely to get killed by a vending machine than a shark, okay? Or a cow, a lightning strike, a champagne cork. Need I go on? But so like there's been a lot of like stories about this and it's I think that there's very much a way that we can coexist. Like we can play in the beaches and still Yeah, and and just again, this is part of it is like being aware of like how they're moving throughout their environment. So yeah. I know that some places um I'm pretty sure some places on the Cape have like these acoustic uh, receivers and any shark that is tagged with an acoustic tag will ping that. And then they'll be like, oh, there's a shark in the area. We Maybe should watch beaches, right. Yeah. Um, and now of course that only works for sharks that are tagged with the acoustic. Yeah. But that's, 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 that's one something. way that we're starting to like move towards like, here's a way that we can protect the beaches and also allow the sharks to exist in their own space, which Absolutely. is really great. Which is something that's very important to acknowledge is that it's their space. It's their home. Like imagine you go into the woods and you get mad at a grizzly bear for being there. It's like, girl, like this is- I use that exact analogy all the time. It's like going camping and then leaving food out and being like, oh, a bear came through my campsite. Like, oh, well, yeah, you're in the woods, my guy. Like, what do you mean? If you like, go imagine, in the water and you're like- Imagine you just walk sorry. into someone, someone's house and they get mad at you. Like, if I just walked into your bedroom right now, you'd kind of be like, hey, what the hell? And it's like, right. valid because I'm in your house. Right, and then you being like, why are you even here? Like, bro, girl, I live, I live here. here. I don't know what you mean. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, that's one like, of the things that like, anytime I go to the beach with friends and they're like, oh, what if we see a shark? I'm like, first of all, lucky us. So excited. I would lose my mind. I'd be in the water being like, where are you, Bubby? I love you. Let me squish you. Like, but then like, we're not going to, like, I can almost guarantee it. Like, yeah. Not- and even if we do, chances of it actually wanting anything to do with you is so below like it's it's so low like they, no, they don't care they don't care they I want them to care about me but they don't care about me like that's just the truth literally literally my favorite one of my favorite sharks is a wabigong because they look like enchiladas they're so cute I love them and I was diving in Australia and we saw one and I was like so excited like obviously like when you're diving you're like excited but you like try and keep it contained because you're like number one my air number two I don't want to scare this way so I was like god and it couldn't give less of a crap that we were there it swear like it was just like see ya, like whatever and I was like no wait let me look at you let me look at you but like they don't care about you they're just like no. okay who are you also do you want to know something fun about wabagongs always they are uh in the same order as whale sharks no way so, carpet sharks uh yeah like they're I mean, if I guess if you look at like the morphology of like their face, like it's very similar. Yeah, they're in the same orectaloboforms. That's like the order that they're in. They're love, which is so weird. I love the names of these like orectaloboforms. Who who decides this? Right. Yeah. The best. And also, I think that it's really cool because thinking about it, like the way that they feed is also very similar. Which I mean, that I does make sense. It's not convergent evolution but it potentially could be but like since one is pelagic it's it's an active filter feeder so it's sucking water in rather than like a basking shark that just like swims with its mouth open like ah and like hopes for the best and wabagong sharks are ambush feeders and so they yes. sit still and then they suck all the water in so like i'm like the way that they suck the water in similar right same yeah. order maybe convergent evolution after they like kind of did their own thing but maybe it's just like an ancestral trait of like that order i don't know anyway my brain nerding out it's fine <laughs> basking sharks are another one of my favorites i think we've touched on my like top three favorites 
I've only been lucky enough to see a basking shark once in my entire life. I've never even seen one. Listen, I thought it was a trash bag. So <laughs> I felt really bad. Really big trash bag. I know. I was like, wow, that's a big bag. And I'm like, oh, that's a shark. So I worked on a whale watching boat for four years and I work in the Bay of Fundy and we have six different kinds of sharks here. So we have like the, the blue shark, the thresher shark, a poor beagle. <laughs> I love that. I really love threshers. Threshers are so cool. I haven't seen one of those yet. Blue I haven't shark, either. Blue shark, poor beagle, thresher. Do they got makos? Makos, shore fins, um, great whites, and then basking. And like the great white is not like an everyday thing. Yeah. But I was like telling people about it and they were more scared about a basking shark because I was like, oh, they just open their mouths and swim around. They're like, what? And I'm like, no, it doesn't have any teeth, dude. Like chill. Like you're yeah, good. They're, they're filter feeders. They physically could not swallow you even if they tried. Um, they wouldn't want to. You don't taste no. good. No, it's just, they're, they're just big goofballs who I just swim around with mouths open. And people, I've gotten so many comments on TikTok of like someone posted a video of asking shark and someone commenting and tagging me and they're like, is it a Megalodon? And I'm like, no, I don't know That's how many times I can tell you. Megalodon is super, super dead. Like, no, um, no, it actually isn't. It just like all the Megalodon teeth they found, it just came from the basking shark. So that's why they don't have any teeth. Ah, yeah, that's, that's a fun theory. I like that one. <laughs> new theory, and I will be posting that uh, comment on every single one of your TikToks. I will like, block actually, guys, no. lying. <laughs> oh my gosh. How many TikTok comments do you get that's like, Speaking as a marine biologist, when they're like quite obviously not marine biologists, and you're just like, mm. I've had a couple. Or I posted a video of like, uh, you know, the trend where it's like Miss uh, Miss Incredible, and she's yeah. just like, leave the saving of the world to the men. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. So I did one of those, and a bunch like a couple guys came on my feed and were like, uh, who said we even wanted this job? And I was like, so you're telling me you don't want to research sharks? Weird, but like, go off. Um, not a flex right and some other guy was just like well women have been historically excluded from this field for a reason like you have to be strong enough and I was like there's literally a picture of me in this video holding a shark's tail down so that we can tag the animal like I really don't understand uh but for sure yeah go off I'm not strong go off go off weak small bb like no just I was like get out of my mentions and take your dumb ass ideas with you I can't with you I hate man we um I'm the only woman in my lab um but all of the all the guys in the lab are like super like like fantastic they're amazing people and so like when I went out on a boat and I had to like reel in a shark um, my lab mate was like, dude, you got this one. You go for it. And he was like, if you need to tap out, let me know. And I can like help you. But it was like this almost three meter long blue shark. And I was like, no, I got this one. This one's mine. And I like reeled it in by myself. And he was like, I'm getting a video and I'm sending it to our advisor and was like hyping me up. And I was like, ah, it was amazing. It was so great. I almost feel like you have more power when they tell you, you can't do it. Cause I'm like, yeah, you want to bet? Watch me. Watch yeah, me. honestly, I'm like, I will literally wear myself down into like a pulp of a human being proving you wrong. But I also I would won't rather die. I'm strong. So literally, <laughs> I would rather die than be not able to do this just because you said you didn't think I could. Yeah, honestly, like that kind of fuels my my fire a little bit. Truly, like, yes. But I just truly 
I just, I'm very appreciative of like all the guys in my lab, just like hyping me up and being like, dude, look at you go. Like, that's amazing. You just reeled in this shark end to end by yourself. Like, that's amazing. And I'm just like, yeah, it is amazing. Thanks guys. Look at me, a little kid from the desert, making it out here in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> little kid from the desert, making it in the ocean. That might be like the title of this actually, I'm not going to lie. That's <laughs> perfect. It. So we've talked a little bit about your TikTok. Let's kind of move over to the scientific communication portion that you do because you're fantastic at it and you you. are obviously very passionate about it. So what made you decide to be like, okay, TikTok, this is the platform to be on? Um, Well, I was the person in like December, 2019 that was like, I'm not downloading TikTok. I refuse. It has nothing on Vine uh screw TikTok and then I was like you know I'm bored and so I downloaded it and I was like oh my god everyone has like their own little thing and as my algorithm started to like get to know me I saw these people that were like artists who would draw like people like or would draw companies as people and like people who did their dances um people who were like I don't know educating people on like the weird jobs that they have and stuff And I was like, uh, I like to talk a lot and I know a lot about animals. So why don't I just do that? And so I started doing that. Um, And my friend who's now my roommate actually, she was like, you should post them on Twitter. And I was like, ah, okay, sure, why not? And like people got a real kick out of them. And people were like, oh my gosh, I watch these every night with my kids before bed. And like, they absolutely love it. I, one person like sent me a picture of like, his daughter sitting next to the TV and they had like pulled my TikToks up on the TV. And I was like, I'm going to cry. This is amazing. Um, So cute. It was so cute. And so I just kind of started it as like a one, I'm bored. And two, like science communication is really important. And there are a lot of animals that people don't know about or like certain things about certain animals that people don't know about. So I was like, why don't I just share some of those facts? Yeah. Plus I learn a lot too, because people are suggesting animals to me that like, I don't know much about. So then I go and spend an hour researching them and then I can make a video about it. So I've learned, other people have learned and it's just overall really fun. I love that. And I love that you take the time to like do the research and like put out these videos that people are suggesting and like you can learn from them. Like I've learned so much from them and I think they're so cool. Every so often there's like a fish that I've like never heard of and I'm like, okay, I have a degree in this, but cool. Good to know. Good to, good to know. There's so many fish out there that I've not heard of. And I literally research fish. So like, (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) I have an excuse. I'm like, oh yeah, whales, whales. But like, fish are so cool. I will give them that. They're pretty rad because there's so many of them. My personal favorite. I have a new favorite that you've probably done a video on. I just can't think of it at the top of my head, but the uh, red-lipped batfish. Love him. I have done one on that one. Love them. Where they're I'm, so funny where I'm working right now we we do trivia and they like I'll every so often they'll like ask me for like a trivia question and every time it's like marine based and every time it comes up everyone's like oh this is a Jill question isn't it and I'm like please guys I have a very limited knowledge set and it's within the ocean and that's it and yeah. Taylor Swift but I won't throw those ones in there it's okay mine's One Direction oh as a stop you know that mean it's like did we just become best friends? Because I think, yes, uh huh. I think we might have. Yeah, I have a very unhealthy obsession with Bucky Barnes, which just tells me no. that I need to go to therapy. But I already knew that, so no, like, as you should, as you should. Not the therapy, the Bucky Barnes part. Yeah. Also, also I, 
I live in Massachusetts. So Chris Evans, if you ever see this, um, first of all, congrats, Jill. And second, like, if you want to be friends, like I'm not far, like I have a really big room. I got an air mattress. We can just like explore the Cape together. You know, Sorry, it's he fine. Doesn't, he doesn't need an air mattress. He can share yours. If you make that man sleep on an air mattress. Well, I mean, you. look, he can have my bed. I will sleep in the friggin' bathroom. Like, I don't care. Chris he Evans can have is my actually whole an house. avid listener of Water Women, and no one can tell me any different. He, look, he If he isn't already, he will be after this. I'm going to tag him found out the post. Yeah. He just found out his two biggest fans are on this podcast right now. So oh, I love him. Christopher yeah. Evans, uh, huge fan. Love you, be- love you buddy. Uh, we, should, uh, we should be friends. And also, really, really want to pet your dog, Dodger. So, like, please. Big shout out to Dodger here, honestly. Really, that's what I'm a fan of. Like, Chris Evans, you're solid second place to Dodger. Like, Oh, I think that he would agree with that as well. As he should. As he should. Yeah. Dodger's so that. cute. Um, okay, what, what, anyway, what, wow, what, tangents. Um, <laughs> the fact that I have no idea. <laughs> oh, the red lip batfish. We have yeah, oh my gosh, that's what we're talking about. How the hell did we get to Marvel? <laughs> I have no idea. Our listeners are like, right now, they're just like, oh my god. I think we just, like, you and I actually should just start a second podcast of just someone gives us one word and we see and we how far go. we can get. Oh my god, we would talk for hours. It wouldn't stop. No, I feel like we need to set a time limit to see. Yeah. We start with this one word. 30 minutes is up. Where are we? Yeah, we need to start. It's it's going to, we're going to start this podcast. It's going to be called Tangents. Um. Stop. I'm in. I'm done. I love it. <laughs> but the red lip batfish, we had to come up with like, I like posted a picture of it and I was like, okay, what is the name of this fish? And then I had to come up with like three names that it wasn't. That was the most fun I've ever had. Oh yeah. I was like lipstick lobster like all this stuff because it doesn't look like a fish like if you're looking at a picture of it that's not a fish but that's like it's like an animal where you're like I don't know what category that is in like it doesn't look like a fish it's not a crustacean it's not a mammal what is it it is you're just like it is (laughs) (laughs) I love it no it's so cool and like the fact that you're using TikTok such an easy platform and I feel like social media has like destroyed our brains a little bit like my attention span is gone well, I didn't really have one to begin with, but yeah, it's gotten true. worse now. I have been a goldfish since I was born. Yes. So this has made it worse. But like TikTok is so like, you're just scrolling. It's so passive. So then when you can like throw like learning into TikTok, it's like, hey, maybe this is not the worst thing in the world. Cause like my brain works a little bit now. I think that there's, it's such an underutilized platform for science communication because like so many people are on it, especially like younger generations um and it's just kind of like we're all just kind of numbing our brains on there which like that's fair the world is a terrifying place sometimes you just need to like escape into the void of tiktok Uh, i do it a lot um but like i think that it's it's super underutilized for science communication because if you can end up on someone's for you page and teach them a little something while they're scrolling through the void like that's amazing um and also, I suck at video editing and TikTok is very user-friendly. So that's really nice too. I love that. And you also, you, like, I'm going to give you a huge shout out here because you present things in such a fun way and you're like so upbeat about it. You're like, guys, guess what? Let's go. Let's talk. And I'm like, every time I'm like scrolling on my For You page and you come up, I'm like, oh man, I'm ready. What am I into? Like, I could be just so passively like laying in bed scrolling and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Like, what is it? And it's the best feeling Like you 
are so good at sharing your excitement, but then also getting like the educational point across. And I feel like that's a really like hard line to balance because sometimes when you're talking about things like this, it's so heavy that you're like, okay, should I have a serious tone? But you do a great job of balancing the excitement with the point. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate that. Of course. Like when I say I share your TikToks, I mean like my parents have received them. So like (laughs) they go to everyone. Like I'm like, look at this. And they're like, okay, not everyone likes fish. And I'm like, no, but you should and watch it and you'll see why. And I love it. My mom has shared them on her Facebook and (laughs) most of her friends think that I'm, that I've sped up my videos and I'm not, I don't, I just speak really fast. I'm honestly with this podcast, I'm a little concerned that people are going to think that it's in like two times speed, but it's just the fact that we both are just a million miles an hour. Yeah. Oh, also, I don't know if you've ever, did you ever watch Buzzfeed Unsolved? Every day. Right. So here's an amazing thing. Um, Shane Madea's girlfriend follows me on Twitter, which means that there's a prob- there's a high probability that Shane Madea has seen some of my animal fact videos. She also like commented on a couple of my videos and I straight up lost my mind. I was like, Sarah Rubin? No, I love her. Wow. I'm like, I, I was going to get up and walk away, but I am wearing pajama shorts right now. So I need you to have like a little bit of an ounce of respect for me uh, left. No, that's gone. Actually, that that was gone forever ago. I am like one degree of, of separation away from Shane Madej, which means that you're only two degrees. Of, well, yeah, two, yeah. Two degrees of separation away from Shane Madej. This is the best day of my life. This is you're now two, one degree away from Sylvia Earle. I've I've spoken with Sylvia Earle. Never mind. I have nothing to offer. I'm sorry. If only I had Chris Evans on my side. Yeah, I'm. I mean, no, that's really sick for both of us. I love this for us. Yeah, we're the coolest. Let's just give ourselves. We are. Yeah, we're really doing. Like, if I had told younger me that I would get to talk to Sylvia Earle, she'd be like, "No," and I'd be like, "Girl, (laughs) surprise." Also, Hank Green. You did not speak to Hank Green. Well, he, so he follows me on TikTok and Twitter. Oh, and when I was driving through the town he lives in in Montana, he was like, I'm really, I I see that you're living, you're like, you're going through Montana. Like, I'm really busy right now, but like, too bad we didn't get the chance to try and meet up. And I was like, I literally exploded in that moment and stopped existing. I was like, wow, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Also, when he followed me, he I saw that he was following me and then he just messaged me out of nowhere and was like, I really like your content. And I was like, oh, I literally, I screamed as loud as I could. I think- Hank, I'm, you're seeing this? I'm a huge fangirl. You're awesome, dude. Just, I'm sorry. Send this to Hank so that he <laughs> listens to it. Just be like, dude, we gave you a shout out. Is it at the end? Yes. Does he need to know that? No, he has to sit through the whole thing. Has <laughs> to listen through the whole thing. He has to listen to us. Freak out about Chris Evans first. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna be like, "Do these girls think I'm Chris Evans?" Like, new conspiracy theory. Chris Evans, (laughs) Hank Green, and Hank Green is Chris Evans. Also, um, Ryan Reynolds follows Hank Green, which means that I'm a degree separation. Which means I'm only two degrees away from Ryan Reynolds. I'm like I'm not sure that that's really how this works but like that's what I'm telling myself I feel like our the listeners of this podcast are not going to believe that our first time ever meeting and speaking was approximately one hour ago so I don't think that they're going to believe that either 
they're gonna be like these girls have known each other forever because I feel like I've known you forever which is fine besties now absolutely absolutely we are connected it's the best um so like maybe we should like get back on topic I well no see we never went off topic because we didn't really like have a topic that's very fair I'm I'm not gonna edit this podcast at all I'm gonna upload it raw (laughs) and just see what the people say and just gonna be like like why is this episode eight hours long? <laughs> I'll get a message that's like, hey, Jill, did you forget to edit this? And I'll be like, no. I did not. not. I didn't forget. This I is didn't. just what it is. Enjoy the chaos, babes. <laughs> I, don't really like. I love it. So let's talk about myths real quickly or minorities in shark science because we had Carly on. Gosh, I think I actually want to check and see like when that episode was because it was when you guys were like, just starting like I don't even think it had been like fully formed yet like it was like very much so June or July of 2020 yeah like it I think it was before that July 6 actually yeah so July 6 so over a year and a half ago since like that's when minorities and shark science was just starting out yeah and to see how far you guys have come literally I was crying about this the other day because I was just like I don't even know them and I'm just so proud of them like it's just so cool to see so let's dive into that for a little bit yeah um so it was uh minorities and shark sciences aka miss was founded in June specifically Juneteenth of 2020 felt like that was pretty significant day you know as um, it should be the African-American community um, if you don't know what Juneteenth is, it was the day that the last slaves heard that uh, they were freed, and which was like two years after slavery was outlawed. So uh, horribly unfortunate. Um, but that was that's been an important day in uh, African American history for forever. Um, so we launched on Juneteenth because all four of the co-founders are four Black women, um, and that like I said, was June 2020. And now uh, we have, as of our, our one year anniversary, we hit over 300 members in 28 different countries. So wow. we have, we're, we're, our goal of, of course is supporting women of color in the field of shark science because historically it's been a very white male dominated field. Um, and we wanna make sure that we're including all voices because all voices are important. Everyone belongs in science. Science needs everyone to succeed. And I always say that like, um, like diversity in, in people creates diversity in thought, which creates innovation and like scientific excellency. So Absolutely. the more people you have from, from more diverse backgrounds, the better off science is going to be. So that's kind of like our goal is to help provide opportunities for people who uh, maybe have not found these opportunities in the past we always want to make sure that they're fully funded um fully paid for potentially um like with a stipend so that you know like people can afford to take advantage of these opportunities because there are so many people that like can't afford to do an unpaid internship or pay to get experience and honestly that's kind of ridiculous like I'm working for you why am I paying you to do that that's That's always blown my mind that marine science is such a big field and yet we're still swamped with these like here you can come help us collect data but you have to pay us two thousand dollars to come for a week it's like right bro I'm helping you why am I paying this is your data yeah like I'm getting nothing from this 
I'm just getting experience. Like it's insane. Right. And like experience is great. Obviously it's great on a CV, but like, it's even better if you don't have to pay for it um, and you shouldn't have to pay for it. So we're, we're, we're trying to break down both social and financial barriers for women of color and gender minorities of color in the field. And I'm excited to see how we expand right now. We've had, we have um, workshops with field school in Miami to help, you know, people uh, who have not had experience with sharks before get some hands-on experience with like long lining and drum lining and tagging sharks and doing a workup and all that. We've partnered with Oceans Research in South Africa to provide an internship. Um, we've partnered with the Bimini Biological Field Station, AKA the Bimini Shark Lab to provide an internship there. We've done some summer camps with some uh, younger kids and high schoolers and stuff like that. And we're looking to expand more. And we also have a free um, shark related curriculum that's like based off of different age groups called Gill Guardians that you can find on our website. And it is free to use for literally anybody that wants to learn about sharks. You can use it in a classroom or just like if your nephew really likes sharks and he wants to learn more about them, there's a resource for you. So that yeah. is the coolest. I love it. And like, it's so cool to see how you guys have grown and like, not just in like supporter numbers, but in like diversity of what you offer, like offering like help with internships and like the resources. It's so cool that you guys are managing to do all that. And it's such a like needed, needed niche. Yeah. And oh, I have almost forgot one of my favorite things. Um, we are currently partnered with National Geographic um, to basically provide scientists, women of color scientists for their Shark Fest programming for 2022. That is amazing. So Shark Fest 2022 is about to be absolutely bomb. The best. It's going to be lit. And it's great because they reached out to us. So they were like, we recognize we need more diversity. Um, there are so many people out there that aren't being recognized for the amazing work that they're doing. And we want to highlight them. We know that you have a lot of them. Can we, can we talk with you guys? That and so thank you, Nat Geo. We appreciate you. Shout out Nat Geo. Big shout out Nat Geo. Because they're obviously big listeners of this podcast too. We're, Absolutely. As they should Absolutely. be. They should be the, as everybody should be. This is a theme that's going to keep coming up. <laughs> Evans, Hank Green, and Nat Geo, come on, come on, guys. Let's yeah, throw Ryan have... Reynolds and Shane Madey in the mix. True, true. We may have our new title here, like Ryan Reynolds, Shane Madey, Hank Green, Nat Geo. Just going to throw all the names in the title. You know, like boost the search results, see what happens. Yep. Yeah. That's oh, that's real smart. Clickbait. We love it. <laughs> oh my god. My favorite part about making these is making clickbait titles. That's so fun. It's so fun. The best. I love it. But Miss is so cool. And like, how can people get involved if they're listening and they're like, okay, Miss is the coolest thing ever. How do I get involved? How can they get involved with that? Yeah. So you can go check out our website, which is misselasmo.org. Um, I've mentioned Elasma Brinks a few times. Elasma Brinks are shark skates and rays. So Miss Elasmo. Um, our social channels are Miss underscore Elasmo. And if you just look up minorities and shark sciences on like YouTube and Facebook, you can find us there. Um, and oh my gosh, I had something else. What was I going to say? Oh, we have, it is, uh, currently November 1st. Uh, and yeah. right, right. It is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. So for, when for another out, 15 uh, minutes for me. Great. Um, oh Yeah. Um, I don't know when this episode is coming out. If this comes out afterwards, next Monday. Yeah. So like fantastic. Okay. Great. So we've got this thing called a sharkathon. 
and it's basically to raise money during like Giving Tuesday and things like that for uh, the opportunities that we provide for our members, you know, like uh, the workshops, the internships, all that stuff. So basically it's like a competition to see who can raise the most money. Love it. And there are prizes for like the teams and the individuals who raise the most money. And then uh, at the end of it all, we have a benefit bash on December 4th. Um, and so that's going to have like raffles and auctions um, and all kinds of awesome stuff. And we have some really cool events leading up to it as well. So make sure to keep an eye on our social channels in the next uh, like month up until December 4th to see what events we have coming up until we reach our benefit bash. Cause we've got like a, we've got some live streams happening. Um, we've got like a cool thing with some of our members that are doing like the great shark debate and they're just talking about like cool sharks and weird shark behaviors. And so that's really fun. So yeah, keep an eye on all that stuff. Um, and on our page, on our, our website is a donation page. If you're interested in donating, that's amazing. If you don't feel like you can financially contribute right now, that is completely fine. We appreciate your support on social media as well. And yeah, that's my shebang. That's my spiel. I hope that it was good. Let me get off my soapbox. <laughs> no, I think one of my favorite things about Miss is the kind of like wave that it started because like there's now like minorities in aquaculture minorities in zoo and aquarium and like it really has kind of created this wave of like hey there needs to be focus on minorities in specific areas because they're not getting the inclusivity or the help or the support that they need right and it's, it's so important to have that and like it's I talked about this with Megan Holtz how it's important to provide like hi I don't know how to phrase this well like highlight you guys and not be like I'm quite obviously white I'm potentially the whitest person alive and like if I'm going to use that for anything it's going to be like hey this girl knows more about sharks than me listen to her like it's to highlight you guys if like see like it sounds wrong but like it's to support my friends and to be there, to be the ally that I need to be and to learn from you guys and like, listen to what you're saying. And that's all that you can do or not all that you can do, but like, that's what you should be doing is like helping in yeah. ways. Like, yeah. And we absolutely for sure appreciate that. And like, I don't think that sounds bad at all. Like, you know, using, I think that's, that's kind of like the whole point is like using your privilege to yeah. help those who don't have the same privileges as you. Um, exactly. Like, I try to do the same thing in my life, like just because I'm a, an LGBT woman of color doesn't mean that I don't have certain privileges. And so, you know, all of us can use whatever privileges we have to lift up those who don't have those same privileges. So as a person who is speaking to an ally, I appreciate you and your efforts to help highlight us and the work that we do is is absolutely recognized and we appreciate you so much. And you're also a, just an amazing human being and yeah. <laughs> Great, cool. I appreciate you more. So like, let's just like stay there. <laughs> I love it. Competition now. <laughs> uh, flashback to the beginning of this episode when we both were like, I'm competitive. And I'm, I'm competitive. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you more. <laughs> I do this with my mom all the time. Every time I get off the phone, she'll go, I love you. And I'll go, I love you more. And she goes, not possible. <laughs> yeah. It's now, before we go on another tangent here, because I feel like if we've established we're good at anything, it is in fact it's tangents. Yep. Uh, flashback to our new podcast upcoming tangents. Tangents. <laughs> tangents. That's it. That's the title. That is it. 
what if okay that's not what not what at all um if someone's listening to this and has decided that they think you are the coolest human in existence which first of all they would be correct where can they follow along with you on social media on all your different social media platforms and hang out with you online yeah um i'm on twitter and tiktok and instagram i'm also on facebook but i never use it so don't even bother um <laughs> you can find me on tiktok and twitter at sophistication um and on Instagram, it is sophistication underscore because sophistication was already taken by a woman whose last name is Fishman. I totally get it. Um, I'm really tempted to follow her and then DM her and give her $20 so that I can have her handle. Um, but anyway, yeah, sophistication on TikTok and Twitter, sophistication underscore on Instagram. I tweet a lot. I post a lot of nonsense on TikTok um, as well as fun animal fact videos. And yeah, if you feel like following me along on my SciComm and PhD journey, feel free. It's chaos, uh, as I'm sure you figured out from this episode, but I'd be happy to have you along and get to know more people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's actually not optional. You have to go follow her right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like actually like holding a finger gun to your head to do that right now. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. I just enforce them. Chris, just, please go follow her. Please. Oh my God. If Chris Evans followed me, I would literally lose my entire mind. I think oh. that would be, I'd be done. That'd be my peak. That would, my, I would simply stop breathing. Um, not on purpose, but no, 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 never. <laughs> okay. Before we go, I'm going to ask you potentially one of the hardest questions. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for this? I did not prep you for this question. You didn't. I'm like, what is this? Okay. okay yeah. I'm blind. You're sweating a little bit. I can feel it. I am. You have to pick one shark thresher it's not a hard to oh, be man, i thought that was gonna I'm be harder no. okay. okay you have to pick any shark other than thresher oh <laughs> now it's a hard Damn it. <laughs> um i'll go bonnet head bonnet head that's a hot take is it i think it might be so okay let me give you my reasoning for thresher and then i'll give you my yeah. reasoning for bonnet head okay go thresher sharks are uh they're first of all amazing um they are sharks that hunt with their butt they have like their tail is like makes up like 50 percent of their body length yeah it's a shark that hunts with its butt its tail is a whip um i've heard someone describe it as like a swordfish but the sword is on the backside. like it's just it's really cool plus they're like they're so sleek you bring them out of the water and they're like iridescent i haven't seen one in person but they're like iridescent and it's so cool um and I love them. And they also look like it's 11.30 PM and they just realized they have an assignment due at 11.59. They always I, look scared. Also my look of most days. Yeah. Um, and then for bonnet head, my reasoning for that one is because they're first of all, so small and adorable. I love them. Um, but mostly because they're the only known omnivorous shark species on the planet. Yeah. They they yeah in the past they thought that like oh they have seagrass in their stomach just because they're like eating crabs and they happen to ingest some seagrass no 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 they're eating seagrass and like have enzymes in their bodies to like digest it and get nutrients from it like they're straight up omnivorous like they oh, like cool. salad that's super cool i love them okay you know what less of a hot take still still an interesting one I also realized I asked this question as if your background right now is not a thresher shark. Isn't a thresher, right. Well, you know, no one said I was smart, okay? 
No one I said, think you're smart. No one said I use context clues. Well, okay, but now let me flip it on you. If you were going to be a whale species, what would you be? Oh, humpback whale. I literally have one tattooed on my body. I have them around my neck. I love humpbacks. But yeah, humpback whale, without a doubt, would be like, I. if I could spend my days as a humpback whale right now, I I would sell my soul to do it. I love it. Absolutely. I yeah. Would, if it came down to choosing to be either like being a humpback whale or meeting Chris Evans, <gasps> I would meet Chris Evans as a humpback whale. There, yeah, that's, that's what I would have to do. I would <laughs> yeah. make him go whale watching and then like use my peck, which is the longest appendage on any animal to just like nudge him into the water. And then I'd save him, but you know, yeah. spend time with him. We're talking a lot about Chris Evans' episode and I really love it. I I, I talk about Chris Evans a lot. You can ask literally any of my friends. Uh, it's probably a problem. No, Maybe no. it's creepy. Chris, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Chris, we're not sorry. We're manifesting you. <laughs> Oh God. If you talk about him enough, eventually he's going to know you exist. He's just going to like, he's just going to be like, I feel, I feel like somewhere two random girls are talking about me on a podcast. They've said my name too many times. It's actually like Bloody Mary, where if you go in the bathroom, turn off the lights and say his name three times and spin around, he's behind you. God, that's the dream. Wow. Wow. I'm gonna have to yeah I was like let me just go give this run away real quick um no we love Chris Evans we absolutely stand Chris Evans he do be my favorite person ever to exist what a guy also in Knives Out fantastic character he's so good at everything from here on out I will be uh actually tagging him in every single one of your tweets and uh TikToks please no I will I will you're severely underestimating me I don't, I'm not. I think <laughs> you will do it. And I'm really excited about it. I'm like, I'm just going to like comment. You have to pin it. I'm going to be like at Chris Evans chain question mark. And everyone else is going to have to join in on the comments there as well. Yes. And in my Instagram, because I think he's more interactive on Instagram. He I'm being awesome. weird now. This is creepy. <laughs> he's more active on Instagram between nine and 10 30 PM. Yeah, like right before he goes to bed, which I know he does at this time. No, I'm kidding. We we do actually know that because he does post Instagram stories of him telling Dodger to go to bed. So like, I just, I did message him on Instagram and I know he'll never answer me, but I messaged him when he was playing piano and I was like, do you need a flautist to duet with? Because I will get my flute out right now, sir. (laughs) It's even funnier if you like didn't play the flute. (laughs) Like I will learn. Oh yeah, I'll learn. It's like, why is that the instrument that you picked? (laughs) I love it. That's the best. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It was so fun getting to talk to you today. And I hope everyone enjoys this hour and a half long podcast that could have been seven hours if we really tried. I have no doubts about it. And the problem is we wouldn't have to try. That's the thing. We would just keep going. I really like this tangent podcast might actually have to happen. I think we'll have to involve Kendra so that she can kind of like set a limit for us and be like, guys, please, please. Yes. We will. I will be creating a group chat with the three of us being like, hey, so friends, it was so fun getting to talk to you. And I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. And thank you so, so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was a blast and a half and we're friends now. So this is so exciting. Absolutely, we are. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Water Women podcast. I love sharing these stories with you and I love that you love to listen. Make sure if you like the podcast, you're leaving a review and liking and subscribing to the podcast. It really helps us out. 
You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Waterwomen Podcast and on Twitter at Waterwomen Pod. You can also check out more from us, including quizzes, blog posts, and shop our site at waterwomenpodcast.ca. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, stay salty.